right, I want to welcome all of our campuses to a fantastic Resurrection Weekend. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Yes. Man, it's exciting to have all of you guys and those that are joining us online as well. Well, I'm Pastor Steve. We're honored to have all of you with us. And we know that this is a moment where there are lots and lots of guests. Matter of fact, I don't say this to kind of sound sacrilegious, but Christmas Eve and Easter are kind of like Super Bowls for the church world. And I mean that. And here's the reason why is because we've been preparing, we've been planning, we put a lot of intentionality because we know that a lot of people have family and friends that come during this time of the year. And so we are so honored that you are here. And I want to say one other thing. It's twice a year when Pastor Steve wears a suit. Can I have an amen in God's house? I, now, I know all the older people, they're like, oh, Pastor, you look so good in that suit. Don't get used to it. So I, I do wear jackets and stuff. But anyway, so man, we are just so thrilled. Hey, this is pretty surreal. Last year, globally, specifically, I'm going to talk about here at Church King, but all over the nation, the world, churches were not in physical location. How many are grateful that we're meeting in physical location this year? Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Man, isn't that powerful? And I want to say just a couple of things. Um, we, we are actually in a series here at Church of the King. It's called Be Happy, and I'm teaching through, I'm actually teaching through the very first sermon that Jesus ever taught. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. The very first part of uh, the Sermon on the Mount, it's what's called the Beatitudes. And there's some concern. People say, well, Pastor, time out. All right, that's an, you know, there's eight Beatitudes, and you've only taught six. Like, what's going to happen? You, you ever been to like a seminar or something? You know, there's like four points, you know, and there's four blanks, you know, and the, and the person, you know, gets to like three and they leave that one. Any administrative people, I'm like, that. I'm like, what is the last point? Okay, I'm not ready for heaven till you give me that last. I mean, I need that last point. Well, let me just say this to everybody. Um, next weekend, really excited. A good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, Pastor Jimmy Evans, is going to be here for Laws of Love. He's incredible. Many of you probably have seen him on TV. Uh, he's incredible teaching. So if you're single, divorced, any level of relation, where your marriage is, it doesn't matter. He's got a word for you. I'm going to come back the following week. I'm going to be here next weekend, but the following weekend, I'm going to do Beatitude number seven. And then I'm going to do Beatitude number eight. Then I'm going to do a four-part series on the Holy Spirit. So we love teaching the Bible around. How many of y'all love learning the Bible at church? Come on, y'all like that? We love teaching the Bible. And uh, so that's what we do here. And I want to begin by just a couple thoughts. And uh, this is not a, a typical message. I usually preach about 30, 35 minutes. It'll be about 25 minutes today. But this has been a tough year and a unique year. So wonderful seeing some people all, you know, we've had Friday services, uh, Friday evening services, Saturday evening, actually Saturday, yesterday, four and six, and then today. And it's wonderful seeing people, some people for the very first time. Man, we're so honored to have you back. Some for the first time, but some for the first time in a long time. And uh, 2020 was a tough year for a lot of people, actually for everybody. You know how like down... We, we live in the Gulf South region, right? So in the Gulf South region, you know, if we'll have like a hurricane, it's very, that's a scary thing. And, and, but, but it is regionalized. So like, for instance, people in Montana are not thinking about that. The difference of this last year is it's, it's not just been regional. It's been, 
It's been global in proportion. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with a lady, and she told me, she goes, she goes Pastor, I, I struggle with anxiety. And this year, my anxiety has been like off the charts. And she began to kind of highlight and detail different things that she struggled with. And it's interesting, people, all the different ranges of emotion this last year, both on a personal level. Think of it on a personal level. I've talked to families in our church, particularly on our South Shore campus, that had children and schools have been staggered and it's a little bit different now, but boy, as you came into the fall and man, I've got a job and I don't know what I'm going to do with my child. And that produces stress, by the way. That's stress in your soul, stress in your life, stress if you're married on your marriage. Many people in our church and the tourism industry, you know, and when am I going to have a job? When am I going to go back? All of those, whether it's economically, whether it's the, the personal level situations, how about, how about on a macro level, all the political tension in our nation, the racial division, all of that produces stress on our souls and it impacts our souls. Matter of fact, I had a conversation with someone who said, man, it just feels like this last year has been, it's been such a dark, a dark time for for, for all of us. Now, I know what some of you guys are going to say, Pastor, you know, what does that have to do with Easter? It actually has a lot to do with Easter. And, and the reason why is because there is no Sunday morning without Good Friday. In other words, listen, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes when? So, so in other words, it's, it's, it's something as you see about life in marriages, in relationships, in things. In other words, there's, there's things where, where what's so good for the believer in Jesus is that we don't stay in dark times forever. How many are grateful for the resurrection of Christ? Man, I am so grateful. I want to talk to you today. Again, it's a little bit of an abbreviated message, and, but, but I want to talk to you today about the power of resurrection, but in a unique way in the sense that if there is no resurrection, there's no hope. If there's no resurrection, there's no life. In other words, if there's no resurrection, number one, there is no light. We, as a Christian church on Friday, call Friday Good Friday. Of course, it's good for us. It wasn't good for Christ in the sense of what he experienced. And Good Friday is an interesting moment. Without Friday, there, there is no Sunday. I want to unpack in Matthew chapter 27. I think it's such a critical understanding as we come into Easter. What sets it up, if I can say it that way. Matthew chapter 27, verse 45. It sets the stage for us. It's Friday. And Jesus is on the cross. Listen to what the scripture says. Now from the sixth hour... Until the ninth hour, there was darkness. Everyone say darkness. You got to get the scene. There's darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You guys know that scripture in Hebrews. As a matter of fact, we claim it all the time. It's a scripture that I readily use in my life and my confession where it says, it's a promise where it says, the Lord shall not leave us or what? But there was a moment where he had to forsake his son. I want you to think about that for a moment. The reason why that we're not forsaken is because there was a moment where somebody had to endure that for us. 
Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. He said, my God, my God, God the Son. He's, he's, he's crying out to his father and he's saying this. And then some of those who stood there when they heard that, and this is what they said. They said, this man is calling for Elijah. Why? Well, they understood. They, they understood that, that, that Elijah, this guy, would show up in the Old Testament and miracles would happen. I mean, he called out fire and things. And he thought, man, hey, hey, I think Jesus is kind of connected. And remember, these are, these are Roman soldiers. And they didn't grow up as Jewish people. I thought, wait, something may happen. Maybe one of his buddies are going to come. Something's going to happen. It goes on. It says, immediately one of them ran and, and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. And the rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. And then this verse. This is so powerful. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice. And he yielded up his spirit. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity. I call it an opportunity or even a privilege to be with somebody in those last few moments when they're on this earth. And it's a, I've had I'll say it that way. It's a privilege when you're, when you're with that person and, and they're, they're coming right to the end and they often will take a couple short breaths and then there's that last breath. And it's pretty amazing to know that somebody has stepped, watch this, they've stepped from the, the, the temporal realm and they've stepped into eternity and, and their spirit leaves their body. And it's, it's like, whoa, that's a, that's a profound experience. I know some of you have experienced it, family members, to be there, though, for the Son of God. And if we had the audience, if we were in the audience that day where, 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 where not just, a, just maybe a family member, but God himself, the person of Christ, where he breathed his last breath, and the Bible says he gave up his spirit. Now, I want to clarify something. Time in the Bible, it's categorized different than time today. So, for example, our time, because this is important, the Bible says from the sixth hour of the day to the ninth hour. Well, what does that mean? We're trying to think, okay, is that military time? Okay, what about our time? Okay, how does that work? And is the sixth way? Like, so, so here's how our time works. Our time is actually taken from the Greek word chronos, chronology. So it's, 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 there's a linear fashion to our time. So for us, our days, right? So tonight, for example, tonight it's, it's going to be 11.57 p.m., 11.58 p.m., 11.59 p.m., watch this, and then it's 12 o'clock. What's, what's, what's those little two letters at? 12 o'clock what? A.m. Okay, when that happens, boom, that's a new day for us, all right? And then 12.01, 12. So actually, our day starts at midnight. The Bible... The Bible looks at time differently. The Bible, time, when Scripture was written, it, was, it started not at midnight, but it started at sunrise. So when it talks about at the sixth hour of the day, the sixth hour of the day actually for us would be 12 noon. So we've already had, 12, we've already had six other hours. So for example, so I'm going to ask a question. All of our campus, I want everybody to hear me. Okay, this is a little Bible trivia here. I want you to lean in here with Pastor Steve, all right? Here we go. How long was Jesus nailed to the cross, raised up at Golgotha? How, how long? Does anybody know how many hours? 
six hours. Watch this. Now, he carried the cross up, so technically there was a little bit, but actually as it was raised up. So, he was raised up on Mount Calvary, our time, nine in the morning. Bible time, the third hour of the day. Second hour, Bible time, fourth hour of the day, our time, 10 in the morning. 11 in the morning, Bible time, fifth hour of the day. Watch this, here it is. The sixth hour of the day, that's actually the halfway point, all right? Our time, 12 noon, Bible time, six hour of the day. And from six, the sixth hour of the day to the ninth hour of the day, so from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m., the Bible says that darkness settled on the land. Question, why? It's interesting, I, this week when I was studying, I, I, I love all the different Bible commentaries and different different people that write on the biblical backgrounds and whatnot. So, so I was reading this week, and I, I came across something funny. It's kind of interesting, actually. And it was one particular commentator said, the reason why, the reason why it, it, it the land darkness set on the earth is it just so happens that a solar eclipse was timed with that, and it just, it just happened. And so it just, it just kind of happened that way. Jesus happened to be dying, and there happened to be a solar eclipse. Really? You think God the Father's going, what's going on, man? Did y'all plan this thing? Are y'all with me? The reality is, and I say this respectfully, I don't believe that, that that commentator understood the supernatural aspect of God. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants it. God can stop talking. God can do anything. Matter of fact, I remember one, reading one time a, a, a Bible commentary uh, and said this. <clears throat> it was kind of a background person that was writing different things. He said, oh, Moses, when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt and he came to the Red Sea, and the reason why the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, the reason why they were able to do that it's because it was low tide. I thought, well, that's even a bit bigger miracle because then Pharaoh's army drowned following them in low tide. <laughs> Are y'all with me? In other words, God, how many of y'all believe that God actually does miracles? Are y'all with me or not? Like, God can do miracles. But if you have an anti-supernatural bias and you don't believe that, you just kind of make up, so it just so happens, no, 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 let me tell you why. I believe that darkness settled over the land for three hours. It was in that moment. See, when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane the night before, you guys remember that when he knelt down to pray? And, and the Bible says that his, he actually sweat. His sweat was drops of blood. Do you guys remember that? And what, what was it that Jesus said? Here's what he said. Here's what he said. Father, if there's any other way, let this what? Let this cup Pass from me. What was he saying? Do you believe that he was fearing the physical torture he was about? I mean, that may have been part of it in his humanity, but he was much greater than that. He knew. Here's what he knew. He knew that he was about to bear the weight of the sin of the world. And he knew there was coming a moment when the father had to turn his face away from him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Paul said it this way. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. So in other words, in that moment, when the weight and the sin of your sin and mine was placed upon Christ, my God, my God, God the Father steps back, and there was a separation moment, yeah, and darkness covered the land. 
It's interesting when you begin to think about the precursor to the resurrection. A lot of times we don't maybe contemplate the reality of how life comes out of death, how light comes out of darkness. And like I mentioned to you guys, this is, it's been a tough year, and that's why it was so important. I, as a pastor, I was kind of misty-eyed, man. I, I look out there, and I see different people, and, 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 and I know that some people haven't been back in a while, and we're so grateful to see them, and we understand all that. We, we get all that, but it's so good to be together at all of our campuses, and, 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 and it's interesting. Last year, 12 and a half months ago, when we stopped having church, we, we couldn't have church. And then Easter weekend, Easter weekend. As a matter of fact, and all these thoughts were going through my mind. I'll take just a moment as a pastor. Everybody had situations. The pastor and our leadership team were gathering together. Now, what are we going to do? Nobody really knew what was going to happen. How long are we going to have church? Are we going to have church again? And I wasn't on social media. Last year. I had no Facebook. I had no social. I had no Instagram. I, I went on that. Now I, I needed a way to be able to communicate to the people. And then if we had any people in our church that got sick, we couldn't visit, we couldn't see anybody, we couldn't... I'm telling you, as a pastor, man, you just, you kind of feel out of control. Does anybody relate to what I'm talking about? And, and, you, and, and, and by the way, and they're like, what are we going to do? We got 250 employees and we got all these... I'm like, and then I have to preach Easter looking at a camera. Nobody's there. Matter of fact, I'll give you a little, little interesting thing. I did Easter the weekend before on a Sunday night because they, they were like passing things. That nobody can be back up at the church. You know what? So a so week before I did Easter, 1130 at night on a Sunday night, I'm preaching it. By the way, I stopped my message three times in the middle of it. I was like, I'm preaching because I'm trying to psych myself up. I'm talking to everybody, you know, and I'm just, I'm, and I'm talking to camera. And, and, and so in the middle of it, I'm like, I, that, that doesn't make sense. Let's start over. Halfway through the production, people are like, that was amazing, Pastor, thinking, we got to get out of here tonight. We got to at some point in time, you know. <laughs> I'm preaching to some camera. Oh, I'm so grateful that darkness doesn't last forever for the Christian. Come on. Are y'all, are y'all <laughs> so grateful? So grateful. If there is no resurrection, there is no light. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Three days later, we pick up in the scripture where we see Jesus has been crucified. By the way, people have asked, what's the whole three-day thing? Like, pastor, it seems like it's quicker than that. Okay, everybody say Friday. First day. Everybody say Saturday. Second day. Everybody say Sunday. Third day. So, so you got you to see it that way, okay? Here it is. Here it is. So, so Jesus has been crucified. He's buried in the tomb. Guards were placed around it, and a stone was placed to secure it. And Jesus' friends come. They come to take care and prepare his body. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Here's what the scripture says. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began, remember the Sabbath for the Jewish people, it's Saturday. After the Sabbath, we're on now Sunday. They began, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that whom you seek is Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. By the way, this is the line, if you're wondering, this is the line where people get that he is risen, this is it. That's where it comes from. You ever see that? He is risen. This is it. This is where they get it from. 
For I know that whom you seek, Jesus, was crucified. He is not here, for he is, come on, everybody say it, risen. He is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. Now, it's so interesting because you got to understand something. The last few things that they saw was darkness. It was dark when they took the body of Jesus down from the cross. Matter of fact, it was so dark and surreal. Do you remember the Roman soldiers? I mean, the earth is shaking. I mean, he's like, hey, man, that guy was something special. There was something different about it. I mean, this was real. The whole atmosphere was shifting. The Jewish temple the curtain in the Jewish temple actually ripped from top to bottom. I mean, there was so many, it was, there was a lot happening. It's a dark, foreboding moment for the earth and those that witnessed it. And now, these ladies walk up. It's a totally different scene. And they walk up, and it's a picture of the Christian life. You have to see this. Light comes, morning comes. You don't stay in that forever. You have to see this. And they come, and the angel of the Lord come down. It come down from heaven and move the stone. And now they see the brilliance of this angel. It was like amazing. And the women were overwhelmed. And the angel of the Lord says, "For for he is he is risen." They had experienced darkness, and now three days later, the brilliance of light. I wish there was never dark moments in our life. I just wish there was never dark moments. I mean, if I could raise my hand, if I, if I could go to bat for you and me and everybody and say, man, please. But it's just, there are moments that are dark. But for the believer, there's always a resurrection. There's always, there's always light. There's, come on, how many are all grateful for that? There's always a resurrection. That's why Jesus in John chapter 8, he says, I am the light. I, I am the light. If you walk in me, you won't walk in darkness. Meaning that ultimately, if you'll stay with God, regardless of the circumstances and life's events and shifts in relationships and marriage and things and kids and job, I'm telling you, if you walk with God, you, you walk into the light. You walk into the light. There's no resurrection. There's no light. If there's no resurrection, there is no life. Now, I'm going to finish. I've got just about three or four minutes. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. I, I, it's a big responsibility for a pastor during Easter and Christmas Eve. Let me tell you why. It's a big responsibility because I know that there's some people that they may not hear the gospel again. Maybe you've come, and we're so honored, and I mean that as a pastor. I'm honored you're here. Maybe a family member invited you. Say, man, we're going to go out to eat, and maybe you drove in from out of town, but first I want you to go to church, and I want you to just come, come experience it. Thank you for being here. I feel the weight as a pastor at Christmas Eve and at Easter to make sure that I'm communicating the gospel, that people understand if this is my only shot. And so I want to say a statement. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. Here's why he came. He came to make dead people alive. Alive. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you may be alive physically, but if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, the Bible says spiritually 
spiritually speaking, you're dead. So you're alive physically, but, but on the inside. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words and believes, believes what? In him who sent me. Shall have everlasting life, shall not pass into judgment, but shall pass from, what's that word? From death to what? Say it. By the way, that's not when you go from this life to the next. That's in the here and now when you trust Christ. In other words, when you receive Jesus, you, spiritually, please hear what I'm about to say. Spiritually speaking, when we are born from our mother's womb, we are born physically alive, but spiritually we're disconnected. But when you trust Christ as your Savior, when you come to that moment where you realize your need for Christ, and you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that you come alive. Ephesians says that we, before that, we are dead and our trespasses and sins. But when we trust Christ, Jesus himself said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Eternal life is not just a quantitative dimension lasting forever, but it's a qualitative dimension. The life of God himself comes to live on the inside of us. Matter of fact, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, Paul said, dwells in your body as a Christian and quickens your mortal body. It's the Holy Spirit, the gift of life. So you, you have to understand what this whole thing's about, making us alive in God. I'll close with this story. When I became a Christian when I was a freshman at Tulane University. Some of you guys have heard my story. And there were two girls that invited me to a Bible study. And I'd like to say, you know, I'm, you know my motives were so pure, you know. But I'm like, okay, I'll go, sure, you know. Absolutely, I'll study the Bible with you. Praise God. <laughs> I'm just being honest. This is church. You can't lie in church. You can't lie in church. Guys invited me for years. I wouldn't go. Two girls invited me. It's like, yeah. But I got to tell you something, guys. As a, I was always in trouble. I would get in trouble all the time as a kid. My, my brother, it seems like he never got in trouble. I would get in trouble. I got in trouble at home. I got in trouble with the principal. I got in trouble with the coach. I got, in I got caught for everything. Everything. I would always get caught for everything. My neighbors would catch me. Things would catch me. I mean, I'd, we'd bring, you know, Kids, close your ears. You know, we'd ring and run to people's house. I'd be the one to get caught. Because <laughs> we don't do that anymore. But anyway, so, at least I don't. I'm 50. And uh, <laughs> you guys mad. <laughs> and so one time, I got to tell you this. One time I was four. My parents are here. My, but one time I was four years old. You, you know your, your, your mom tells you this? Remember your mom tells you this? Whatever, listen, whatever you take and you put it on your plate, you've got to what? Yeah. Because if you don't eat it, you will see Jesus. <laughs> Is that right? Like face to face, like after dinner. So I took, I was four years old, I took beets. Beets. And beets, beets will never be in heaven. <laughs> beets are deceptive. They look good. It's the, it's, they're from hell. They look good. But when you bite them, they're like, what? It's, it doesn't match. So I put all these beets on my plate, and, and I was like, huh? ooh. So I took them and hid them. I hid them under the cushion. Oh, yeah, it's the power of seepage. Okay. So, so I got caught. My mom, Steve, you come down here. You know the beets are out there. I always got caught. 
October 27, 1987. Listen, I got caught by God, not for doing something wrong, but he caught me with his love. He caught me. Let me tell you, God's not trying to catch you doing something wrong. He's trying to catch you with his grace. He's trying to forgive you. He's trying to love you. You've been, some of you have been, I say this respectfully, some of you have been running for so long. He's trying to catch you, not to hurt you or to harm you, but to love you and forgive you. Come on, are you? That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. I just sense the Holy Spirit here right now. God's love. God loves you. Jesus himself said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but yet the world through me might be saved. Question, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? We're all going to die physically. The question is, are you ready to stand before God? Here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. I can't save you. Being a member of a church doesn't save you. It's a good thing, but it doesn't save you. Your uncle being a deacon, it's wonderful, but that doesn't save you. Your wife can't save you. Your husband can't save you. Your mom can't save you. Your dad. Jesus saves. What I can do is point you to the one who saves. Question, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you died today that you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you. All of our campuses, those that are joining us online right now, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you say, Pastor, I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, just a moment, right where you're sitting, I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you are, you know who you are. You're where I was 30 years ago. I said, Pastor, I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, the count of three, would you just lift your hand? One, two, three, quickly. Hold your hand up high. So God bless you, sir, right here. God bless you right there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you right there. Anybody else? Pastor Steve, pray for me. God bless you. God bless you and all of you up top. Praise God. God bless you, sir. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? God bless you guys. Just sense God's love here. God loves you. God cares about you. God bless you guys over there. Church, let's pray with those that are trusting Christ. Can we do this? This is the most, really, it's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of commitment to Christ. Let's pray together with them. Can we say, dear Jesus? Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today. A sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Now, I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit in the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me. Just give me one more minute. I'm going to let you go. But if you prayed and trusted Christ, all of you at all of our campuses, there's a card behind your chair. It's called My Decision. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to fill it out. What's cool now, we're not passing buckets for offer and all that. They're just on the way out. That's the same. You can just drop that in there. Matter of fact, guest cards, anything. You just drop it in those buckets. Number two, or you can text decision. Just give me a moment. Decision to 822-822. Let me give you this last thing. Next weekend, we're doing something we've only done once before. 
a giant water baptism after every service. If you've never been water baptized, you can text baptism, isn't that right? Baptism to 822-822. There's a short video and we explain. Now here's what's crazy. We've got everything you need. We actually have clothes for you and everything. Is that correct? Everything for you for next weekend. So if you want to be baptized, text BAPTISM822-822. Every campus, all of our five campuses, after every service, we're going to have baptismal tanks. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. All right? There's also people with blue T-shirts in the commons area to explain more about that. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Did you guys enjoy that today? Come on. Enjoy what God's doing. I'm going to ask our prayer team. We do still have our prayer team today, even though it's resurrection weekend. They're going to come forward if you need prayer. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, bless your people as they go forth this day. May the grace of God be upon them. Jesus, you are alive, and you live by your spirit and those that have trusted you. Jesus, I pray blessing over your people in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Can we do that? I love you guys. Hey, I'll see you next week. Well, once again, thank you so much for being at church today on this very special day as we celebrate Easter. And, and once again, if you're here for the very first time, I want to thank you for being here. And we want to know that you're here as well, so we can just reach out and tell you thanks for being here, send you a little bit of information to help you get connected and really begin to grow. Super simple to do that. There's a link right now in the chat room. Um, you can click on that, or you can text the word CONNECT to the number 822-822. We also were excited about next week weekend, we're going to be having water baptisms all over at all of our campuses. Now, you might be wondering, how's that going to happen on our online campus? Trust me, we're going to take care of you. So if you're interested in that, all you need to do, once again, there's a link that's in the chat room. You can go ahead and click on that. Our team will follow up, and we're going to help you know how you can be water baptized wherever you are in the world. You know, Danny, next week, we're so excited. We have a special guest with us, Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. And he's gonna share a message with principles from his new book, The Four Laws of Love. And I know this is gonna be a great message that you guys are not gonna want to miss. So we hope you have a wonderful Easter and we'll see you next week.